I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my best buddy, Chief John Salka. And John, if you don't mind, uh, before we, we get started tonight, um, uh, today actually, with our with, with our, our podcast, I'd like to throw a little shout out to two good friends of ours. Um, you and I have been going out to, to Amboy, Illinois, uh, to teach for Jeff Bryant and visit with Nick Dingus out there for years. Um, so much so, they made us honorary fire chiefs years ago. And uh, we, we, I mean, I've lost track of how many trips you and I have made out there to, to teach for them and visit with them. And they've really become uh, for real family. Uh, they're, they're, they're two great people. Uh, for, our, for our listeners, uh, Nick, Nick Dingus is an assistant chief with Sublet, Illinois, Sublet Fire. And uh, Jeff is the, uh, Jeff Bryant is the chief with Amboy uh, Fire. And um, they're also, by the way, and, and John, you know this, because they've taken care of us plenty of times, uh, Nick is the owner and CEO of Dingus Fire, the Dingus Fire Company, um, and Jeff is the the COO, the Chief Operating Officer from from that uh, business, and they just took care of me. Um, you know, I, I hate having to order stuff from people you don't know, and they send you the wrong things or the wrong sizes, and you know, there's so many places that are just so poor with their follow up, John. You know, with you know, mm -hmm. correcting things and stuff. Uh, Nick and Jeff are awesome. They 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 line me out with my wildland gear. Uh, with my structural stuff, uh, you know, I'm volunteering with with, uh, with Wichita West here in Texas for Chief Ryan Fetzer and um, took care of me with everything. And what a class, John, what a class, class organization and business, uh, buddy. You, you, I mean, forever you've known them, uh, uh, Jeff and, and, and again, Nick are good friends, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, and uh you know, them taking care of us with this. Uh, just want to give a shout out to them. And, you know, if you're looking for anything uh, fire service related, EMS related for your business, uh, your corporate uh, side of things, private sector side, man, I'm telling you, go to their website at dingusfire.com. That's D-I-N-G-E-S fire.com. Um, you know, they, they've got the, the metal front pieces for the helmets that are listed there that I just got mine. They're awesome. You can decon them. They look great. Um, but anyway, folks, get it. You get a chance. Go visit dingusfire.com. They're 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 two great people, uh, good friends of ours, and a top shelf, first class uh, business. So thank you, uh, thank you to Nick and Jeff for taking care of me and getting me lined out. Um, but other than that, uh, John, let's move on here. And um, I know, uh, uh, you know, every time uh, we talk about just what I just mentioned about Nick and Jeff. Uh, Nick Dingus and Jeff Bryant about how as chief officers, they take care of their people. They take care of the women and men that, that, that work for them, work around them. They're big into team first team, always build the team. They get it. You know, when we talk about those that get it as chief officers, as leaders, 
Um, they truly, truly, truly put their people first. And I know, God, for, for years now, you, you bring up a book when we do our leadership classes together, and, and I kind of hint towards it as well uh, when we're not together, but you bring up a book, and I love the explanation you give when you explain the title. Um, and, and, I, and I believe the title of the book is The Mission, The Men, and Me, correct? Correct. Correct. The Mission, The Men, and Me, great book. Uh, as we've said many times in many different um, venues and many different classes that we do, both leadership classes, company offset classes. Uh, the Mission, The Men, and Me is uh, written by a military officer about uh, the relationship between uh, the mission as seen by the military, the men, meaning the troops, the people that, that you're commanding, and, and me, the mission of the men and me. And me is from the perspective of the officer who's writing the book. In, in this case, it will be the, the mission that's going on, the men that are performing it, or the soldiers that are performing it, and me, the officer. And the relationship between those three, and, and actually the whole concept of the whole book is the title, The Mission, The Men, and Me. And I'm, I'm explaining it very plainly. You know, everything is in that order. You know, as a boss, as an officer, as a supervisor, as a leader, from the military, the mission comes first. It, it's not like they throw people's lives away or anything, but they say, okay, here's what we got to get done. And here's what we're going to do. And we're going to launch the attack on a certain day. And I mean, let's face it, all the great well, battles in World War II, they knew they were going to lose thousands of soldiers. And those and those events still went on. They, they well, was, and, and how many times, John, have we said this? You, you can't really focus on that red dot on the wall unless you understand what the mission is right you know you've said forever it's about them you know th those people out there that we said we want to protect we signed up to be volunteer and career firefighters to take care of other people and their problems and their families and their businesses it's hard to focus on any of the rest of the stuff unless we're looking at that red dot on the wall and going all right let's get back to focusing why we're here what the mission is and our mission as public servants as public safety professionals is to take care of all those other people out there. Well, I guess, you know, and we're going to get to our own, but, you know, the, the mission of taking care of those people. And I think part of it, though, too, John, with, in order to be able to accomplish that, we have to get to the other parts of it, the men and women that work for you and around you. You know, if we're going to take care of the mission of those people out there, part two, we used to say, we used to call it the internal external customer, if you will. I was talking about the customer. Well, what about our firefighters and officers that work for us, right? Right. And of course, they're all important. And this book did not, was not trying to, nor was, nor are we trying to suggest that um, that firefighters' lives or safety or health or anything else is unimportant. Right. I, I was correct. I, I made sure to not to say, I made sure not to say that we're not saying that they're less important because actually this book is saying they are a tad less important. The most important thing is the mission. The mission does come first. You don't just keep throwing people at it. You know, you lose a hundred people. Oh, give me a hundred more. You know, it's not quite like that. Obviously they have to be considered. Right. But the mission is the primary goal and the men or the soldiers or the firefighters or the people that are working with you or trying to get the job done with you. Those, those folks come second. And one of the primary points here, at least one of the primary points that we make is that, that you're third in line of the three priorities you need to remember as an officer, as a leader, you're last. You'll last. Some people think, oh, I'm the boss now. I'm going to get, I, I'll get taken care of first. And and I'm not saying some places don't do that. And some officers do take care of themselves first, which is which is really not a great idea. Well, but if you take care of the mission, your organization is going to be successful. 
you, you, you know, we're serving people. The mission is to serve the people. So the citizens certainly all benefit by that. If you take care of your people next, that's great. Because that means you're now, you're, now you're, you're putting them up next. And then you should think about yourself last. And that really works out so well because people notice it. People notice that the fire department comes out and gives it their all for them and, and saves their home and saves their kid. And, and firefighters notice when the officer sacrifices for them. Firefighters well, and, notice that. And, and before we get too far, I want to I want to go back to a point you just made um, about, you know, the leader, the boss, you know, this guy or gal that's leading these men and women about selflessness and service. And you and I, we've had this conversation plenty of times with those, uh, the social media warriors that tend to post pictures of themselves on how humbled and honored they are to receive the, this pen set from the, you know, the service club for a beat of speed. You know, it's like, I, I, I told you, I think you and I would talk about this before. I said, I'm very proud, you know, uh, the chief of the South Blooming Grove, you know, volunteer fire department, uh, you know, awarded me with a helmet, uh, you know, of honorary fire chief. Oh, I, what a great group. I love those guys and gals. What a great fire department. Thank you. So, you know, but I don't know if the world's humbled and honored, you know, work well together when you're posting pictures of yourself, you know, you, and you said this about it, it's, it, you know, where we tend to lose our focus sometimes where it's not about me. It's not about me, me, me. It, it's, it's about your people first. And, you know, stop the self-promoting, you know, I mean, you got to advertise and things like that and so on and so forth, but I think you got to strike a good balance as to what is actually being humble, right? And you know what? And that's not just true in a fire service. I mean, that, that's our experience here. That's what, that's to our audiences as well. But, you know, you, you can read that in the newspapers. You can read that in monthly magazines. You can read that in interviews, you know, people that do all sorts of work around the country and Everywhere you go, it's the bosses, it's the leaders, it's the it's the people that that are running organizations and businesses that that take care of their people first, take care of their customers and their people, and and leave themselves last. Those are always the people that are receiving accolades, and people are saying, "I would work with that guy, I would work with that gal forever." I've right. been working with her for fifteen years, and she takes such good care of the store and the service that we provide to the civilians and us. And I never see her take any time for herself or any benefit for herself or himself. It's just a human reaction. People appreciate being taken care of and people will hang with you longer and they'll hang with you through tougher times when they know you're taking care of them, when they know you have their back. And that's what we're talking about here. Fire officers, lieutenants, captain, battalion chief. You, you want to ride the front seat. You want to be in that battalion car. You, you want to wear that white helmet. You want to be the boss. Guess what? You, you got to take a step back in self-preservation. You got to think about yourself last. You should always be thinking about the folks that are working with you. And then the, the better you do that, the better all of you will take care of whatever it is your mission is, you know, a fire prevention program, fighting fires, doing first aid calls, whatever well, it is. And John, you know, let's discuss real quick here. We're, we're, we're focusing on part one of this, the mission. And then obviously we were touching on the men and, and then me and the men and women and me. You did an article a while back and you know where I'm going with this one. Um, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, I, I know what their intentions are. It's about taking care of your firefighters and, you know, both physically and mentally and, and with the training, the equipment, all the stuff they need. But, you know, I think you and I, we talked about this so many times before that we kind of slid ourselves in front of those people out there, you know, we, Not slid our, we absolutely well, did. Yeah. We slid ourselves in front of the mission. So talk about that. That well, the article was uh um we are number two. We're number two. 
So we talk about that. Back page of Firehouse Magazine every month. I, I really I really work hard at trying to make, trying to find, trying to think up interesting topics, good topics that that that'll apply to everybody that people will find sitting down and reading for 10 or 15 minutes a worthwhile uh, you know, time spent. And, and I wrote this article called We Are Number Two. And I just tried to make the point that, you know, very slowly but surely, intermittently, in little ways and big ways, without making a big deal out of it, without making an announcement, we've slowly, we've slowly arrived at a place where we are number one. Take care of yourselves first. We come first. And I'm always saying to myself, how do we come first? We're, we're putting on all this armor and gear and bringing in compressed air with us and fireproof clothing to go into this dangerous atmosphere because people are in there who need help. How does that make us number one? I think it makes us number two. We're putting up, we're taking ourselves a step back at that moment saying, guess what? I gotta, I, I gotta, well, I gotta go in there and help these people. And you, they're, they're you in said, trouble. They come first now. You said as part of that, you say, you know, I love how you sit in class where you go, you know, you pull up at two o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night, there's a mom screaming, grabbing your turnout coat, going, my 10-year-old boy just ran back in after our dog. When you go to mask up and you take your helmet off to put your mask on, you look inside your helmet, there's a number two in there because the number one just ran in there after the dog back into the right. burning house, right? Right. right. And, and, and we all we all want, you know, self-preservation is very important. You know, safety is very important. Taking accountability, taking care of your crew, all very important. We're not minimizing that, but we're saying for just a moment, when certain times arrive, when certain moments arise, sometimes you got to say, okay, here we go. Let's hope this goes well. And then anybody who says they have everything calculated out about going in or not, how hot it is, how fast, how much water they have, how many square feet, is there, you know, old furniture or new furniture and all this other modern stuff. Anybody who says they got that all figured out is absolutely full of crap nobody's got that all figured out. Anytime you go into a burning building, I can list 30 things you don't know. Maybe one or two things you do know from a quick 360 or what you can see, but most things you don't know. So you are literally taking a great chance going in. It's never the same. Fight a fire or rescue someone. It's never the same. You're right. You're exactly right. It's never the same. It's always. And I think when, when you get locked in speaking specifically about a structure fire, you know, same thing with a pin and accident, but you get locked in where, it's just, it's, this could be just like the fire we had on XYZ, you know, granted the home may be a single family dwelling. It may be a two story. It may be friend, but there's, there's so many things you just mentioned and we could we do a whole other program on that on all right. the different things that present themselves to you challenges each and every time you go to a, a, a different fire. And, and I don't have the saying, but it's an old Greek saying, and I don't have the saying at all, but I, but I have, you know, a, a, a sort of an example of what it says. And the old saying is, is, Every time you go in the river, it's a different river. And I apply that to the fire service. Oh, Every like time that. you fight a fire, it's a different fire. Even if you fight, you know, I know guys that have fought 10,000, 20,000 tenement fires in their career in the FDMY. And although a lot of the things are the same, you know, where the stairs are, where the doors are, which way they go, et cetera, et cetera. You know, bedrooms in the front, kitchen in the rear. But still, there's something different about every fire. You know, every fire is like a 600-pound Bengal tiger released inside of a building somewhere you never know where you're going to find it you never know what it's going to do is it going to run from you is it going to run at you and the same thing goes to fire so so back to the you know the mission the men and me when, when you got somebody screaming my son just ran in there or you pull up and you see somebody running in or you see somebody in a window and then they fall back in you you better strap it on you better strap on the best stuff and head in there i'm not saying you're going to make it i'm not you might get halfway in and say okay guys back out back out it's too hot 
but you might make it, you know, and, and the, the fact that you're attempting it, the fact that you're putting on the gear, you're putting on the armor and you're going to go through that front door full of fire. That that's when you place yourself as number two in somebody else's life as number one. Well, and for our listeners, hang in there. If you think we're talking about throwing caution to the wind and it's not about us and all that, because you hear what John's saying and what I mentioned already, it is about our people, good, good bosses, good leaders. And, and, and I'll go back to, and I'm going to jump, a, I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit, John, before we get to the men and women, you know, from the mission, the men and women, me, you know, we, we did that company officer academy not too long ago. And you know how we mentioned over and over, over the, the, over the three days, it's always about your people. It's your people come first. It's always about the people, the guys and gals come first, all that. And you remember we were doing the diplomas, we were doing the graduation with the lapel pins and the diplomas. And, and that guy, this is back, you know, with, you know, and, and he kind of leaned over and he goes, 57 chief and i said what well, he goes you and chief salka over three days <laughs> said that 57 times differently but 57 times you emphasize that your people come first but but again you know like i, I said from the beginning john when we're talking about the mission and and what we're supposed to do for those people out there you know i, I just like how this all ties together we can't be good for those out there unless we take care of our people and we're good on the inside too. Otherwise we're just a bunch of bumbling, you know, circus clowns running around, you know, throwing confetti on the fire and, you know, throwing pies in our faces and stuff because we're not dialed in. We don't make sure that our people have the right kind of, we're not training. We don't have the right attitude. We don't realize that, you know what, there are times where you bet, like you said, you better, you better strap on a little bit of courage and go, it's time to get in there. We're there. You said it before, we're their last resort. We're their last resort. They called us because they're in a, they're in a bad spot. They're in a horrible, horrific. They're either going to be burned to death, burned alive, or dying of smoke, or their kids, or their family. We're their la- the fire department pulls up, and they're going, "Oh my God, they're here!" Right? I mean, "Oh my God, you're here!" And they grab you and they say, "Chief, please go get whatever." We're their last hope, and when you throw that out of there. Um, you know, we, we talk about that with, uh, we both love the close the door campaign. We've been saying that for years, close the door, close the door, close the door. Well, we're telling little kids every fall when we do the school tours or, you know, October during fire prevention month about keeping the door closed. But there are some departments that hesitate even going into the building before they, you know, get out their protractors and all their other stuff first. And, you know, calculators and everything, you know, those kinds of things. And again, we're not talking about throwing caution in the wind here. But there's a reason why we have the turnout gear we have, the air packs we have, the training we do, so we can crawl into what we call hostile situations and fight the fight for the people we said we'd fight for, right? And the fact that you just brought that up, the, the fact that the fire service, whether they do it, the IFC or the IFF, their annual, you know, quote, their annual motto, their annual, whether it's that or whether it's just an old, it's just an old staple. It's just an old fire service term. Close the door. We've been telling kids that for decades. Close the door. Feel the back of the door with your hand. If you're telling kids, or anybody else for that matter, to close the door, and if they feel the door with the back of their hand, if there's any heat, don't open the door. If you're telling them that, you know what else you're telling them? We're coming to get you. you Stay right there. Stay right there. You don't have to jump out the window. Don't open the door. We're coming to get you. You can't tell them. You can't tell them to close the door and not open it if it's hot. If you're not going to go in to get them exactly. and, and mark and mark my words, there are fire departments that do not have good search procedures. There oh. are fire departments that just put the fire out. They don't have searches. 
it's it's it, you're exactly right it's it's actually horrendous in some places where you know they're like and, and i'm like look if you have a lot of fire shown a particular area that's why we bring water and we have fire hoses and you know we've said it before you know those that say you always fight the fire for the unburned portion out sometimes you can't do that stuff okay it doesn't work that way this isn't exact science like you said before i love by the way i love that i'm sure it was the famous greek philosopher expertise but that whole i love that every time you jump in a river it's a new river you know so maybe maybe we do a venator in search to go after the kid or the adult maybe we go through a back door where the guys had to, i mean you know what i'm saying that's why we train in tactics and strategy you know we in single family dwellings we want to shoot for the front door the majority of the times or pretty much all the time i mean again never say never say always but you know i think when we give up on our thought process. I think we're selling firefighters short, John. I think firefighters are some of the most progressive, forward-thinking people I know. They're the solution people. They solve people's problems. And that means crawling into dangerous situations and looking for and locating missed, trapped, or distressed occupants. And you know what? We wear the gear we wear. We wear the air packs. We train and we do the stuff we do. So we can, look, we're not crawling into the the, the ball machine at Chuck E. Cheese where the little kids are bouncing around with little balls. We're crawling into a building that's on fire. It's a building that's under demolition. Everything was put in to hold it up is leaving via the smoke and flames and gravity's going to win. And if you're not training and if you're not focused on the mission, if you're not focused on those people out there and making your decision. Now, and John, correct me, correct me if you disagree. You know, I have no problem with someone that, and I think you should be, surrounding that incident with your tactics and strategy, the tactics and strategy that best fit that incident. When you pull up, like you said, it's a different river. I have to, I have to change. Maybe we talk about being innovative, right? I may have to change my attack. I may have to change my entry point. I'm going to change the size line. Who knows what I've got for manpower and people coming and people on the scene and weather and all the things we talk about. I think some people kind of, they, they take some of those shields off of that encapsulation and throw them away saying, well, we just can't go in there because it looks, you know, it looks pretty bad. Like you said, the Marines that look up at the Hill or at that village and go, you know, you know, Captain James Salka, you know, uh, U S Marine uh, captain, they may, they may actually shoot a bullet at us. I don't know if I want to go that way. You, you know, at what point do you tell people, well, we're just going to take Uber to the call and kind of talk you out of how to get out of the building, right? And, and you know what? And we know that exists. Everything else we teach is correct about risking a little to save a little, risk a lot to save a lot, risk nothing to save what's already lost. We know those are all valid concepts. So sometimes there are sometimes there are moments where you're like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. You get to the front door, you're like, whoa, whoa, slow down. Yeah, Open yeah, the line. Yeah. Wait a minute, hold it. The floor is gone. Back out, guys, back out. So, so that in, initial attempt, at going in there and, and 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 risking yourself greater than you than you, you would normally, all of a sudden suddenly stop because conditions change or because you sometimes you have to abandon a tactic, say no, back it out, back it out, back it out. We'll go into defensive. So you, you were trying it, but now you're switching gears because you know all those things are constantly changing. We're not saying any of those concepts or safeguards are invalid. They're all valid, but you must know when you actually are going in, like those guys that what was it, a VFW fire? Was that a VFW or American Legion? With some firefighter, where firefighter was killed. Uh, the, um, yeah, um, uh, Brian, Texas. It was the Knights of Columbus uh, Hall. Of, and they knew there was guys in there. The firefighters arriving there knew there were guys in there in trouble, and they went in. They, they I'm not saying they didn't have to go in because I think they did have to go in, and and they did too because that's why they did go in. 
you know, and there, there might be five others that wouldn't go in. And that's okay too, because everybody's got a different standard. Everybody's got a different gauge on what can I endure? What can I try? What can I do? Even in my job, FDNY, any, any fire department you're in, there are guys that I knew that if I could pick them, I would pick them to come and save me because I know they would get there. Oh, you know? You know, and, and your buddy and our buddy, Jay Jonas, you're a very good friend. One of your best buddies, Jay Jonas, uh, you know, deputy. Well, what's his official rank right now? Deputy chief, but he's a uh, division commander, division commander in, in, in the Bronx, right? Um, yep. Captain on ladder six on nine 11. And remember when he was telling Billy Butler and all the guys inside, he kept telling them they're, they're coming for us. They're, they're, they're firefighters are, they're coming for us. He kept telling his own guys they're coming for us. And it's the same thing we tell people out there, we're coming for you, you know, and actually, you know, coincidentally, our good friend, Scott Thompson, the chief uh, in the colony, Texas, the mud flaps, the big solid mud flap on the back of his engines. And I, and I think almost all of them, I'm almost positive. The exact words are, we're coming for you. And they, they have it on the mud flap, gigantic letters from, from the tailboard down to the ground. We're coming for you. Amazing. And you know how Scott is. On, on a mudflap, driving around the street so people can see it. I've seen it on the FDNY, on the front, over over the windshield, right? Yeah. Hang on, we're coming. Yeah, I yeah, mean, exactly. that, that just inspires inspires the crap out of me when I see stuff like that. So, so we're talking about doing our jobs, being committed to our jobs, selflessness, but we're also talking about being safe while we're doing We've never said don't be safe. We've said, in fact, you and I, you know, I, I remember one of your guys referred to you in a in a lovey way as a safety Nazi. Oh my God, you better have you better have your gear, you better have your gloves on, chief socket, you better have your seatbelt. You sit up off that rig, you better be ready to do battle. Have your gear on, ready to go. And if he says back out, you better back out. And all that, and uh, and you know, we're not taught. We're talking about taking care of our people. We're talking about making good tactical decisions at incidents that keep that give us the best advantage to take care of the people we said we're going to take care of. But we, we can't do that if we do stupid things and we get our guys hurt doing stupid things, you know, and we, and we do, you know, you and I have watched the videos going before, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Right now, that particular thing, there's not a reason to be doing that. Now, I watched Richard Lee, one of our captains in Louisville, you know, this call I've talked about with the two kids, the four to six year old inside. When, when I look, I mean, he's trying to get deep into this home that's on fire, well evolved, we got exposure going to get after these two kids, my parents are screaming in our ears about their two kids in there. And we know they're in, we know they're in a little bit of a language barrier. And I remember telling Darren, Darren Murray, he's a captain now, he was uh, on, a, on the nozzle. And you heard me tell this story before. I said, Darren, put your captain out. He says, pull him out. I said, no, put him out. Richard Lee, he's now, this is a captain of a truck company, a real cowboy and uh, he's snake wrangler. Remember he's the rattlesnake hunter guy, you know? Um, so it tells you, about his his nerve and fortitude already he was buried up as they say i mean you know because he, he this is you know this is like what you say this, this go earn your pay it's time to earn our pay he's trying to get to these kids he's doing everything he can within his abilities within his protective clothing to get in there hoping they have a door closed hoping they're in a closet hoping they're protected but you know what i'm saying that he can get to them and I've watched that. You have thousands of times. You watch guys do everything. Golly, look at all the stories we could talk about, not just what you've done, but like the Patty Brown stories, crawling through and past fire and coming out with kids that lived, that that, that were going to school 
a weeks later, a month later and playing on the playground because a firefighter showed up and said, I'm coming for you. You know, one of the, not one of the last flies, it was just one of the jobs I had when I was in the 18th battalion. Quite coincidentally, I forget who was there, but somebody was taking pictures. It was an evening fire. It was a frame building, a house, two story, two and a half story house, roaring, fire out a couple of windows. I think there might've been fire out the front door as well uh, on the first floor. And I thought it was, uh, I wasn't quite sure what the reporter, somebody trapped. And I'm looking at it subconsciously. Ah, whoever this is, is not going to, you know, not going to make it. They had to fight their way in with the hose line. You know what? And a guy from 27 truck not only made it in there, but he found the guy and he grabbed him and he removed him and the guy lived. Yeah. And you look at the picture. I know I see these online all the time. Go or no go. Go or no go. They get pictures of fires. Go or no go. And I'm saying this would be a no go for most people. They would look at it and say, ah, let's just hit it down yeah, from the yeah, outside yeah. first. And this guy went. This this firefighter from 27 truck, <clears throat> he went for it. You know, with another guy. I'm saying it. And they found the victim, number one. Number two, they dragged him out. Number three, he lived. I was I was, I was flabbergasted when they came up and told me, okay, we got one victim. Vic, deputy said, we got one victim. He's been removed by ambulance. Look, looks like he's uh, going to make it. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I didn't even hardly know it. But these guys went and did it. That, that's what you get paid for. Like you said, well, some days you earn your pay, some days you don't. But how many, how many times have you heard me tell the story about our good friend Sal Marchese when he was yep. at uh, one, one window? Yeah, the only window that didn't have fire in a multifamily door, the only window that didn't have fire, his OV went in, grabbed a guy and drug him out and he lived. I, the only window. And it goes back to, you know, again, we're not throwing, co- we, we get a lot of money from a lot of people, a lot of taxpayers, a lot of grants to equip ourselves with the best equipment possible. I mean, we, God, we could always use more money. The best apparatus, the best training. We try to put the best officers in place and all this to go do a damn job that the public's counting on us to do. You know, how selfish are we to say, well, you know, now that looks a little bit. Again, if you're not doing that, and we've talked about that's everything from getting your guys portable radios and having lapel mics on them and all that stuff to the right equipment, then you really don't care about the men and women that work for you. You know, actually, let's shift to that. We've been talking about the mission. All right. And those people out there and how to be have the right psyche and send the right message. And we're coming for you. Let, let, let's let's just spend a few minutes about the men and women. When we talk about the mission, the men and me, that book, you know, the devotion, John, that you have to have it. And I'm not trying to embarrass you. I've said this plenty of times, tons of times in class and on our shows. I got to witness it firsthand on, on your last night in the firehouse in the Bronx when I, t- I t- you know, you know, I'm going with this. I'm on a cor- I'm just leaning against those little metal lockers. I'm a little teary. I just, my best friend retired. It's a big deal, you know, and, and then two of your firefighters and I forget who it was. The other, the ball cap by like the visor banged up against the locker. And I looked at them and they, and they, their eyes were welled up. They were crying. And I said, you know, pretty tough. He goes, no, you have no idea, chief. He goes, you, you have no idea how, how much I'm going to miss that son of a bitch. He goes, let me tell you, he could be a damn safety Nazi. You know, he could be a savage where you better, you better be ready to go to work. You better have your gear. Just like I said before, blah, 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 this is so on. He goes, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, when you're getting your ass whooped in the hallway of a tenement with fire and you hear the 1A pull up and you hear Chief Salka's voice on the radio, you know everything's going to get better. And this is what he said. I'd follow him anywhere. He goes, I'd follow him. And I, you've heard me say it over and over again because I love how he said it. I'd follow him to the gates of hell with nothing in my hands but a halligan. 
you know, haven't we said that's the ultimate compliment about an officer? When we talk about the ultimate compliment for a firefighter is he or she's a good firefighter, right? We talk about Lisa and Curtis, Lisa Reed up in Volcana. She's a good firefighter, man. God, she's a good firefighter. Granted, she's a captain. Every Marine's a rifleman. Every sailor's a fireman. Every officer's a firefighter. She's a good firefighter. Curtis is a good firefighter. When they say they'd follow their officer anywhere, I think you've got, I think as a boss, as a boss, you've got your priorities lined up right, right, John? When they say they'd follow you anywhere. You know what? And and it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's pretty simple. A fire service is not a complicated uh, operation. You know, maybe some of our technical operations are, our technical tactics, some of them are, but 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 being good at what we do, riding around on a fire engine or a fire truck or chief's car is not a tremendously difficult or tremendously technical operation. And that's all we ask of you. If you're a firefighter, be a good firefighter. Get in there. Yeah. Know your tools. Hustle to the rig. You know, think before you act on the scene of a fire. When in doubt, move forward, not backward. Same thing with officers. Take care of your people. Think about your customers first. Uh, you know, I mean, these are these are all simple, simple, basic premise that everybody should follow. And you have a successful fire company and a successful fire department. Well, and John, and you just again, you, you say things and you make me, you give me these thoughts pop into my mind that when you, you know, that I want to play off a couple of things. Great points you made, but you know, you and I have talked about how short a fire service career actually is. Thirty years in the fire service is not that long. When you live 70, 80, 90 years old, it's not Tell that me about long. It. Tell me about it. <laughs> and you only have so much time within that 25, 30, 35 year time frame. You and I both have 40 plus years and we still learn something every day. We still read stuff every day. You only have so much time, John, and you just made me think of this to be good at what you're doing. You only have so much time, you know. So if you skip out on a training a drill from your volley place early, if you're there just to show up to sign the book to say, I was here for a drill. And as soon as you can, you run out the door. If you don't show up for SCBA night, if you don't show up, you know, for, for all, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Everybody wants to show up for the structure fire, but they don't want to show up the crawl with their air pack. Are you really, really giving your, your all to the men and women you work with, to the, to the people out there, the mission? And then how about to yourself? You're, you're screwing yourself out of an opportunity, but I, I just, you may be thinking this. We only have so much time. There's an article for you. We only have so much time to be good at what we do. We've got this window and it's slowly closing. Damn it. Take every opportunity you can to, to, to be good and great at what you do and learn what you're doing and hone your skill and your craft. Otherwise, you're just wasting minutes. And here's another example on that same on that same theme is as company officers, you know, lieutenants and captains riding engines and trucks in the firehouse. You know, every time you say, Holiday routine today, guys. We, we had a late night last night. We'll skip drill today and we'll, we'll enjoy lunch and watch the game. Every time you do that, every time you, you slough off a drill or you, you quit 10 minutes early or because you had two runs last night before midnight or after midnight, you know, company officers should – and I worked with some company officers that no matter what, when 2 o'clock in the after, afternoon arrived, bing, 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 drill in the apparatus floor, let's go, and, and they were down there. Even sometimes, like, the truck would have drill and the engine might not. And the engine guys would show up anyway for the truck drill. But my point is, you're 100% correct. Don't waste any day. Don't waste any time. Don't skip any drill. I know some guys, ah, you know what? I took a, I took a break this week. I'm going I'm to go out to the movies with my girlfriend this week. I'll, I'll get back on a drill thing next week at the volunteer firehouse. You know, and I'm not saying nobody can ever do that. Take a break. Take a vacation. Skip one night for something special. But you know what? Do it as much as you can. And if you're a boss, if you're, if you're the person giving the drills, if you're a chief, 
who has an influence over officers, whether they get, if you're stopping by every night, whether or not, get it like, up. Smith works working tonight. He'll be by looking for us at drill at seven o'clock. You, you better get something done. Well, so you, even even that little overt pressure is going to make them do a drill and is going to get another hour of training under their firefighters' belts, and it might make the difference between somebody getting hurt or surviving the next fire. And, and exactly, and you're not, and you beat up on this plenty of times. You know, you beat this drum. I should say you're not going to get there if you're sitting in the corner and drill night on your phone the whole time. You know. And, and I and I, I know we're in a, a a smartphone world smartphone world now, but you know when you've got a guy or gal up there teaching, and you're on your phone the whole time, the whole time they're teaching, really, you know, this is my thing. Really, you know, what, what? Tell me what you learned. Are you that good at multitasking that you can be texting, <coughs> watching videos that are on site, you know, things, doing all your stuff while someone's up there teaching? First of all, it's rude. Number two. Really put your damn phone down and learn something about this job. Especially how about if especially if you're an officer, if you're riding the front seat, you should be like the most dialed in person in the firehouse. On the rig. On the rig, in the firehouse. That's right. Exactly. So but you're not gonna get there if you're not paying attention. If you're on your damn phone and drill, you know, I mean, pay attention. You're you know, you're looking at you, you, these young firefighters are expecting you make decisions. When you don't know what the hell you're doing because you're so busy texting or watching something or they're doing watching, something. don't think, yeah, nobody notices me back oh, here. They're oh, watching, everybody's watching. That's not the reason you should be doing the right thing because people are watching, but but know that everybody does know who, who the guys are that are slouches, the guys are that, are that are sitting in the back row for a reason, and exactly. So, the Bronx or South Louisville Volunteer Fire Department, you've said this plenty of times, don't wait for the drill calendar to come out, and when it does come out. That is what we're doing as officers of firefighters for training as a minimum, as a minimum. If you know, it, like your volley house, well, it's not drill night. We need to, who cares? You know, we, you know, get there early, stay late, come another night, come on a Saturday morning and, and practice putting your, you know, practice putting your air pad. If you want to be good at, at donning and doffing your SCBA and crawling around and getting, you know, you know, Ed Moore, you know, I told you about Ed retired uh, captain from Cary, North Carolina is one of the volunteers out here for Ryan and what, which us has been doing a series of search drills. He's been doing great. And I sit there and go, God, where, where's the rest of everybody? You know, I mean, this is an, a golden opportunity to have an experienced officer for the fire service who wants to do nothing more, no ego, no self just wants to share and make you better. Why would you not take advantage of that and say, okay, I'm going to take what I learned tonight. And Hey, Rick, what are you doing Saturday? Can we come up here and practice this? Can you just come up and watch me? Or can we, you know, you know what I'm saying? And just, you know, if you're waiting for the drill book to come out, you're, you're already about 98% behind on what you should be training on. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we talked about the, the mission. We talked about the men and women. Let's talk about the me part now. You're right. You know, we talked, okay. We talked about the, the, we're talking about this book, the mission, the men, the men and women and me. Let's talk about when, do you, when, you know, when and why, and what do you focus on yourself? You, you know, I mean, you know, we talked about being mentally prepared, physically prepared, learning something about the job every day. Talk about some of those traits, John, if you were talking to your company officers about this whole, we're talking about the me part, you know. Well, I mean, really what you got to do is whether it's an on-duty officer or whether it's a, a volunteer officer on drill night or on runs, those, those times are very similar, right? 
you're an on-duty officer in a, in a career fire department. Just about everything. Obviously, you've got to come in and be ready and get ready and wear the right uniform and get your gear laid up and turn out quickly and listen on the radio. So so you're doing a lot of stuff that's benefiting you, but it, in the end, it's benefiting the whole unit. You're really just doing what? You're doing your job, right? But but then you got to pay attention to the other stuff. When I see a guy without a chin strap down, I see a guy without a helmet on, I see a guy not wearing bucket pants or with his radio on the outside. Or I mean, I could go on and on and on. If you're a company officer, you got to say, hey, hey, Billy, put the radio underneath, you know? Where's your tools? I do that all the time at the volunteer firehouse. I got a lot of young kids, a lot of young men, all right? They're in the first two or three years in a fire department. Sometimes they, in their excitement, they show up. They're all dressed. They're geared up. They're off the rig. They're standing next to me or next to the vehicle that's crashed, and they have nothing in their hands. They're not holding a hose. They're not holding a halligan. They're not holding a... I say, Tommy, what you, where's your tools? What, Chief? Where's your tools? What are you carrying? Oh, I, I wasn't sure what I needed. I said, don't get off the rig without a tool. We do, we do that all the time. Bring something and bring something different than the guy that's walking in front of you. You know, if you don't have a specified tool assignment like the FDNY, you work in the FDNY, every single on duty guy right now, right this minute, 2,200, whatever it is, everybody knows what their tools are for tonight. They know exactly what they're carrying on. Every no guessing. Right? No guessing. That's a full time large career fire department, but every volunteer fire department should know if I'm sitting in this seat when I get off, I'm the guy that carries the irons. I mean, how, how hard is that? So, getting back to me, the company office, that's his job. He's the monitor. He's the guy watching. He's the one making sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing so they stay safe, they're effective, we can get our job done, and we can serve our people. All of those things serve all the other people, you know? And you think, always think about yourself last. Whether it's picking up the last plate on the dining room table. I never picked up a plate on the dining room table when I was an officer until I saw everybody else's had picked up a plate. Usually there was one plate left that was mine. I picked it up. Once in a while, there was no plates left because they counted them wrong, you know, and then we, we worked that out. That's not a problem. You know, whether it's taking a hot shower, whether it's pulling your car into the parking lot, whether it's grabbing a, a, a new pair of gloves, new, new gloves come into the volunteer firehouse. We got the new gloves, Billy, Tommy, Frankie, Mary, everybody got the gloves. You don't take one first. You take them last. If there's none left, you don't have well, them. You wear the old gloves. And how many times you heard me say this? If your firefighters don't have good protective clothing, if they don't have portable radios with lapel mics, if they don't have the tools, equipment, you should have bald tires on your fire chief's car. You should have you before your people go without you, you. You know these guys that drive around with the SUVs with the disco ball in it. And for our young listeners, that's an old dance from the seventies. You know the latte machine, all the fancy, all the LED lights and all this stuff. You know, and you've seen it. We walked in, and go, God, he's got the great best office. In the place, the guys are sitting on crap furniture, and he's got this big, gigantic, high back chair. Guys don't even have portable radios, but he's got like a sixteen thousand dollar, twenty thousand command thing in the back of his SUV. There are class one fire departments that have, that have halligans that are screwed together that are three piece halligans. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, how how is that possible? Who could possibly have done that? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I and I think part of it goes back to like you said, you know you have to be willing to take care of the me part of it. That means mentally and physically into the job. You know, if you're into the job, that means you're training, you're doing everything you can as an officer, as a firefighter, as whatever, you know, to be ready to be the best you can for the people around you get into the job. I'm telling you, John, I, I forgot how much I missed, you know, not just sitting around the kitchen table. Like we do, we, we still do, but at the Valley house at Wichita West. Oh my God. Sitting around, uh, one of our captains, Chris Bashford, is a deputy uh, sheriff with uh, Wichita County, what works with Jamie. And I can't tell me nights we sit there and I'll go, I'll go, you know, um, 
we'll be talking shop and he'll go, I'm not in a hurry. This is my Monday night, you know, and, and we'll sit there. We, I, we met up there on a, on a, on a, on a weekday, a Saturday, and we were repairing. We, we, we fixed a new in pump indicator lights inside there. And then we have talking shop and we're talking stuff and we're talking, you know, and the next, thing you know, we're checking this. The next thing we're talking hose loads and all this. And, and I just think when you're into the job, it makes all three of these things, the mission, the men and me come together so much more easily. Right, buddy. Absolutely. It's a, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant book. And it's, you know, he didn't invent any of that. All he did was identify it and put it together and write a book about it. And you suddenly realize, Hey, that, that's how I've been operating. That's how my fire department works. That, that's how it is in, in 48 engine, you know, and, and suddenly it substantiates what you've been spending time doing. And it makes you feel good that, you know, oh. you, you, you're doing it, you know, one of the right ways at least. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, well, another good show, another good show. We always folks, we try to keep, um, this one, I think I'm looking at the time is probably 35 minutes long. We always try to keep them short for you. You like those because you work out and list them on the way to work. So we appreciate that. Um, before we close out, John, let's throw one more shout out to dingusfire.com. To, to yep. Jeff Bryant and, and, and Nick Dingus, two wonderful people, incredible fire company. Um, and I'll just say this, you know, they're not paying us to say this. We're saying this because we believe not. In, Jeff's a great guy. You know, yeah, we, we believe in, in what Jeff and Nick are doing. We believe in them. They're not paying us a dime. You know, we love them and they, they do a great job for everybody in public safety. But so thank you. Thank you. Dingus fire. John, uh, best email for them to get a hold of you. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And I'm chief Lasky at gmail.com. And we try, and I, I think, I don't think we've missed one yet. We always try to remind uh, our listeners, our, our, our family, if you will, to please keep the men and women in our armed forces and your thoughts and prayers. And remember this phrase as much as you can, never forgetting means never forgetting. Thank you and God bless you.